Blog Talk Radio. I'm very proud to be African American. But I'm also very proud that my wife is white. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hours show to keep the brain running with the premises talk sports on a national level? Full with the topic, sorta of like the rubber when it's game time they like the fat five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. The sports medicine, sports veterans and greats. The four for twenty six, so the war in Kuwait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. Proud of that fact. What's good, War Room family? You're once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm the boy Dev M, and I'm at the War Room Roundtable with my brothers. We got Gina Blueprint. We're going to have B. Austin with us in just a couple minutes. We'll be back to talk our ish about what happened in sports and entertainment this past week. And of course, we're going to start with uh, more NFL draft coverage with Fred Perdue. So sit back, relax. Busted up with us in the war room once again. Of course, you can get in on the conversation by signing in right now to the Bodyhood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room, or you could join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls in about 30 minutes on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number, as usual, 323-410-0012. So whether you're with us live or not, we just need to remind you guys that during the week, Anytime we're not live on the air, you can still check out archive episodes of our show and all of our partner shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. That means you can listen to shows like the Broad Street Line with Roy and Chris. Shout out to them. The Tissue and the Tape Hip Hop Podcast with Phil Matic 365 and Davis Backwards. After further review with the Mayor, John Appetit with the Burtons, On the Couch with the Wilsons, and a whole lot more. You can do that on our website, warroomsports.com on one of the many major podcast listening platforms. There's never, ever an excuse to miss an episode of any show on the network, so make sure you don't do that. So, what up, Jim? Uh, we, we we bury another hip-hop legend and another unarmed black man shot by the police, man. What's new in America? What's going on? Business as usual. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Definitely shout out rest in power to to the to the homie Earl, Dark Man X, DMX. Um, you know, he 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 lost his battle this time. I I guess we can say he lost his battle with addiction because, you know, he had a had a heart attack due to a drug overdose, but you know, he was probably in a coma for like a week before his family decided to go ahead and do what was pretty much inevitable, man. So, you know, we know for 20 plus years, the demons that this man has lived with and the situations that he's gotten himself out of over that time span, but this time, you know, it just wasn't meant to be, man. But he is, I, I, in my opinion, at least DMX is truly a legend in hip hop. No, he's beyond, Um, he's beyond legend. He, he, He reaches a level of like iconic, and to me, when you reach a level of iconic, it's when you when you have like people that like try to dress or look like you. Like when someone can be you for Halloween, that's like iconic level. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. you know what I mean? That's a whole different level. It's like Pac. Pac is iconic. Like it's a it's a Tupac look. There's a DMX look. You right. know what I'm saying? Anytime you can have a, a, a room full of grown men barking for no damn reason, 
then you know that uh you you you're iconic and he's gonna live forever. Right, because they they're one of those dudes like like you said they come to the Halloween party with the look. You don't have to ask who they are. You know what I mean? You know, mm-hmm. like who are you? Because like, 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 big is like that too. You you see a dude like you know what I'm saying with a coogee on with the fucking cool hat and shit in the tent. Like mm-hmm. you gonna say okay? You know what I mean? Like so they they reach that love that iconic level. You know what I'm saying? Like you know. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, he's a little forever. Um, I'm I'm sitting here thinking like Run DMC definitely got the look. Me and my wife has gone. Yeah, we yeah, have yeah, gone to a iconic. Halloween party dressed as Run DMC. Yeah. LL is iconic. Like LL is iconic living. You know what I'm saying? To go along with Jimmy Smith, but you know they both icons living. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Rest in power to Doc, man. Of course, in Minnesota, again, we know how the, the, the white police force wiles out in Minnesota for another black man well, Minnesota, dead Minnesota at the hands of police, man. Years, bro. Yeah, definitely has. But the, the crazy part about it is after the latest episode in Minnesota with a, you know, a black man losing his life, the day after, there was a white guy who assaulted uh, um, an employee at Menards because, you know, he refused to wear a mask and the employee was simply doing his job, hit the man with a two-by-four, right? Ain't that what we yeah. talked about this earlier. Then the police spotted this man out in the Walmart parking lot. must have been close to the Menards, but, you know, the, 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 the PWTs, they only hang in a few stores. So they saw him at the Walmart parking lot. Police tried to arrest him tried to get in his pickup truck, got up on the little board on the pickup truck, and dude banged a couple of police cars trying to run and then drove off full speed with the police officer standing on the side of the truck. But he's yeah. alive. And they ain't, they ain't, they ain't, they ain't let nothing fly. <laughs> they ain't let I mean, nothing fly at all. When they pulled the white boy over and the boy was like, I'm going to shoot you. Told the cop Had that. a gun. Visible. And so threatened to yeah, shoot the police officer if he didn't get his hand off of him. Still alive. No shots. Yo, I, I'm but my man had an air freshener. Because you know them thugs be carrying them air fresheners in their car. Yo, shout out to Morning Fresh. Morning Fresh, the top five air freshener of all time, man. But, yo, listen, real quick. It's, I wonder if someone. I wonder if there is a study, or someone does a study about like you know sports teams and um, their success and the crime in those cities, right? Because I was in Minnesota mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and it was when um, the Vikings first started getting good again. And the city was, you know, obviously it's nothing that's going on now happened then, but the city, the team was starting to get good. So all over the city as I was going, all they were talking about was like the Vikings. Now. Granted, it's probably a Vikings town, so football season is probably different to see basketball season. Mm-hmm. But it made me think about the fact that Timberwolves I ass, how crime is, how crime is. Yo, because I tell you one thing, bro. Living in Philly, the Eagles definitely bring people together, and that yo, even racist. When the Eagles win, you see like right. black people and black people they they're happy together, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yo, sports has an effect on society because like, I wonder what I wonder if there's a if there's a correlation. Between crime and the uh, the fucking excuse me the um the <laughs> crime and between crime and the success of uh you know that city's team because right. so we gotta start blaming these teams for losing. I know. So so basically you're saying just from your observation, it probably seems like crime might go down a little bit during football season, especially when the team's winning. 
At least racial yeah. crime. So <laughs> yeah, well, all, I think all crime. I, funny thing is, I'm thinking, I'm sitting there thinking about it, like it's probably all crime. So therefore, people don't, like, like if your team is man. balling, you want to witness that. You're not trying to be in the pen while your team balling, yeah. even though you know from what you, I you hear, they got to, TVs too. <laughs> they don't really miss nothing. We got to hold these teams accountable for all the crime in the cities, man. Yeah, because I, I I get a monthly letter from you know a uh, uh, a a resident in the penitentiary, and they be telling me everything that's going on with the local teams. They're like, yo, how you so do that? I'm like, yo, I'm like, I, yeah, like what? Like, I thought you were supposed um, to be getting punished. Like TV when you know, back in the day when I got I punished, got, they took my TV away. Like, how y'all got TV? I got. Listen, man, I got a family member, a young boy in the family who's uh, doing time now, and he's up on everything, like loving hip hop. I'm like, loving hip? How you know this? Yo. Like, you don't miss nothing. Nothing. Like, All right, I, and definitely, crazy, man, we we want to say rest in power to Dante Wright, you know, because it's one of those things, man. We got to yeah. say their names. I I haven't said his name yet, man. Say his name, Dante Wright. Um, yeah, rest in power, man. Definitely rest in power, man. Pulled over for air freshener. It used to be insane when you try to refer to something and you're like, no, not him, not not that one, the other one. And you start right. running down the names of people that were murdered by the popo. It's crazy, man. It's too much. All the time, definitely too much. All right, so while we're waiting on Fred Purdue to call in, <laughs> we will tell you guys, well, you know, we'll talk about some of these hot topics, man. Hot topics are brought to you by my bookie. Y'all know what it is, War Room family. It's time for you to start making some bread, sports betting in my bookie. If you still haven't checked them out, we really don't know what the issue is because we try to tell you about this opportunity every week. You know, this is, I sound like I'm, you know, multi-level marketing right now. I'm trying to tell you about this opportunity. Either way, lay down some dough on the biggest games in sports by joining us, the War Room, and thousands of other players online. Placing bets on mybookie.ag. No excuses when you win. You get your money. You don't get hassled. They even have in-game live betting so you can place wages after you find out that Kyrie is taking a mental health day for being called an N-word in a game. So join now, and mybookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. That's all there is to it, man. Just just check it out. Mybookie.ag. So we are gonna go. Um we got Fred Purdue on the line. We're just gonna do a quick top ten mock NFL draft. Um, you know, just another segment with Fred prior to the NFL draft that's coming up later on in the month. So uh we got him on the line right now. Fred Purdue. What's going on, good brother? What's going on, fellas? Long time. <laughs> long time. Long time. Um, another day, like we said in the open, you know, another another black man dead at the hands of police. That ain't got nothing to do with this NFL mock, but, you know, we got to keep bringing that up because this is America, and this is going to keep happening. This is America. But how are you, good brother? <laughs> this is America. I'm good, this man. I'm happen. good, man. I'm All good, right. man. Talking, talking a little draft, making sure the kids do what they got to do in the school world, but, you know. I think, all right. No doubt. So everybody out there, like I said, Fred is here to put on his GM cap, but he has to put on his GM cap real quick for 10 different NFL teams. And we're going to jump right into it because we know who got the number one pick. 
Round one of the NFL Draft 2021, Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. Who are you taking with the first pick? As soon as the college football season ended and we knew that the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, that this organization had the first pick, we already put the card in. It was already put away in a, in a safe spot. We were just ready to hand it in. We didn't so, really so you saying we, we already knew that Gardner Minshew's time was up. <laughs> Time's yeah, up. Yeah, get, get, that guy, get that guy out of here. FOA. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the first pick in the NFL draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trevor Lawrence, quarterback Clemson. We've known this for three years now. No, I'm just saying. Pretty much. We just, we just didn't know who was going to be bad enough to get the pick in the year that he decided to, to to come out. So unless you've been living under a rock or you just don't follow college football at all, talking like 0%, then you already know Trevor Lawrence and, and, and his exploits. So let's let's move on to number two, the New York Jets. New York Jets are on the clock. So consist- seems like they're always on the clock this early, but they're on the clock. I know we couldn't even get we couldn't even be bad enough to go get. We were actually too good to get the first pick. You know, we always fumble <laughs> here in New York. So you know, but you mess know, up we, being bad. We got to so win a game that you're not supposed to win. <laughs> exactly, we got a consolation prize though. And we're, I'm going to run this thing up to the podium. I'm not even thinking about it. Uh, we're taking Justin Fields. It's not even a question. Zach Wilson looks nice on paper, but he hasn't beaten anybody in the one team he played that was a top top team he struggled against. Justin Fields, is, he knocked off the number one pick, and uh, he's just really – he's everything you want in a quarterback, strong arm, uh, mobile guy. We don't have to put some weapons around him, but I think we can do it. And we got a defensive guy, so we can maybe put some pieces on the other side to help protect him at least. All right, so that's the New York Jets pick. Uh, On the clock now, the San Francisco 49ers. This pick is from Houston through Miami. Bunch of trades being made here. San Francisco moves up to number three. What did they move up to number three to do? The theme here, everybody else took quarterbacks. So I guess this is what we got to do, too. We didn't give up all these picks just to, you know, go draft an offensive lineman, right? So Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I'm sorry to say, but we're we're shopping him behind closed doors. And, well, uh, Trey Lance is our pick with the third pick. Mac Jones was a good – looked good, but he doesn't really fit what we want to do. Mac Jones can't move. We want a guy that can move. He'll be able to sit behind um, Jimmy Garoppolo for a year and just develop. And we can we can still be a playoff contender at the same time. So you think this is still a situation where, you know, you you guys are going to keep Jimmy around? You don't think he's being shopped to his old squad in the New England Patriots? Nah, we, no, I don't think he's being shopped to, to um, back to New England. Uh, the reality is I don't – I really think um, New England might be is – in, is in the market for a guy named Justin Fields, but right now, unfortunately, he's gone in this, in this mock draft. Okay. I mean, unless they pull some triggers on something um, in order to move up to that second spot to get them. Uh, That remains to be seen. We'll see. We'll see if there's any moves to be made. On the clock now, the Atlanta Falcons. What you going to do, Atlanta? This one's easy. Uh, This this one's really, really easy. You have a quarterback in in Matt Ryan who has some time left in him. You have weapons like Julio Jones who I think is probably on, in route to a, 
he's going to finish off a Hall of Fame career here in Atlanta. Uh, Calvin Ridley is a really nice number two. Uh, give, treat this team like the old Peyton Manning Colts teams, indoors, fast track, lots of weapons, no defense, score a lot of points and see what happens at the end. Who, what better way to, to help out those two receivers and a, 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 a mobile quarterback than to go get a, a really nice tight end to control the middle? And Kyle Pitts is probably the most – many see him as the, the best player overall. Uh, and I think he'll be a very, a very, very good weapon for this team. Okay, so taking off your Atlanta Falcons GM hat and putting back on your Fred Badu analyst hat, mm-hmm. you said he's the most overrated player in the draft. <laughs> I we think remember. he is. I think he's. He, I know. I think he's stiff. I think he's he he's a really big receiver. He doesn't block anything. Um, and quite honestly, the, the positional value doesn't work at tight end and for tight ends and in the top five, much less the top ten. So um, you know, I'm not I'm not huge on him, but we know you have to put butts in seats. Offense puts butts in seats, and guess what? That's what we're in the business of doing. We're not winning the division, so at least we got to sell tickets. All right, on the clock at number five, the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm running this, this. These these are layups right now. I mean, really, these are these are uh, LeBron to D Wade alley oops. Actually, this, if I'm as the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm I'm running this pick up. We're going to take we're going to take Tanaisu offensive tackle. He gave up one sack in three hundred and in three thousand snaps uh, in his three year career. Yeah, one sack in three years essentially. Uh, he is the best left tackle I have seen. Uh, probably since Jake Long uh, years ago uh, in the in the in the NFL draft, drafted to Miami number one. Uh, good feet. He's 315 so odd pounds, six five. I mean, if you saw his pro day, he's very mobile. Uh, he's very agile, side to side quickness. I mean, protect Joe Burrow. I know everybody thinks he should probably go receiver here, but quite honestly quarterbacks need protection and Joe Burrow's already torn his ACL once he can't be protected. And I, I just, we have to protect our investment if we're going to draft a guy number one like that. All right. On the clock now, the Miami Dolphins at number six, this pick used to belong to a team that I, you know, kind of favor from Philadelphia, but now it's Miami mm-hmm. to pick. So what's Miami going to do with the pick that Philly backed out of? You know, a good offensive lineman would be great here, but we got to sell tickets here in Miami. You know, that's what we do in Miami. So we need to we need to get weapons for Tua, and what better weapon to get than uh, his former rival in Jamar Chase, who I we call I call him Baby Julio. Uh, he is the best receiver in this class. It's not even close. And I'm going to make sure offense is going to sell a lot of tickets here. Uh, and Hard Rock Stadium. So we're going Jamar Chase, wide receiver. You got Jamar Chase there at six, and, you know, an Eagles fan base who covets wide receivers like, you know, they covet a home-cooked meal. (laughs) (laughs) Saw their team back out of that spot. So it's probably going to get ugly in Philly (laughs) if they don't end up with with something Mm -hmm. comparable. Um, Number seven on the clock, the Detroit Lions with their new quarterback. What they gonna do? They gonna do something for him, or they gonna do something for the defense? 
Oh man, this one's this one's a tough one because you have a, a tight end, a former tight end, running your your team, and I think that's kind of he's a he, he's a bit of a meathead. But we needed to get somebody to fill the position, right? So um, I think this one we need to get weapons, weapons for weapons, weapons, weapons. That's the new thing for all of these teams. Uh, we thought about quarterback. The guys, the guys we want are gone. So we can look at receiver Devonte Smith, wide receiver Alabama can be another big-time weapon to replace Kenny Galladay. We need explosive weapons. Jared Goff doesn't have the biggest arm in the world, but he can throw the ball uh, horizontally on the screens, and uh, he can throw it a little bit down the field, but not what we want. So we need some speed on the outside. Devontae Smith is the pick. All right. Uh, at number eight, Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers are – easily be a quarterback away right now they have a, a bridge quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater you see what I did there um uh yeah so <laughs> so yeah this team this team has a, a few holes on the trash. side if you're not you know hey let me live okay <laughs> can I live <laughs> so yeah let me get I think what we need here what's needed here is on the defensive side of the ball um I'm looking we're looking corner uh, I I really I believe in a, a very tough secondary to help out a, a a front seven that has lost a few pieces, lost a step a bit. Uh, you have Dante Jackson on one side. We'll take J C Horn here, and that's a surprise since seeing as Patrick Sertain is still on the board. But uh, J C Horn is the most fundamentally sound um, DB in this class. All right. Uh, at number nine, uh, we got the Denver Broncos. This team has a lot of holes on, on both lines of, of scrimmage. Um, Rashawn uh, Slater, uh, offensive tackle out of out of Northwestern, it would be a nice pick here, seeing as we need a little help up front. Uh, Vic Vangio, we may be looking to um, upgrade our court, our head coaching position, and. Well, you know what we say, fat guys win championships, but at least if we're not going to be able to, um, if we're not going to be able to, if, if we're not going to be able to get after someone's quarterback, at least protect our own. And he's a versatile player. All right. And for this mock, last but not least, we got the Dallas Cowboys with Gerald and the boys going to do. So what was the one thing that we struggled in last year? Uh, down here in Dallas, we couldn't stop a soul. We could score Everything. 50 points in a game. We couldn't stop a soul. I mean, mm-hmm. high school teams were scoring on us, and they didn't even play. So what's the best way to to, to get that ball rolling, to get things uh, shirt up on the back end? Go get a corner. Um, for me, for us, Patrick Sertain II has been on our radar. For, for me personally, he's been on – NFL radar for since he was in high school. I remember watching him uh, as a number one corner in high school. Uh, he's the number two corner. Uh, for, well, actually, he probably he's number one corner on my board here in Dallas. Uh, so let's continue the trend. He'll be our number one corner. Uh, pair him with Trayvon Diggs, the brother of Stephon Diggs, and I think we have a pretty good uh, set of corners here for the next few years. All right. So there you go. Top ten mock NFL draft straight from Fred Purdue. Fred, I was reminded because we actually forgot to ask you about it last week. Tobias is in the chat room. He just told me to <laughs> ask you about the Sam Darnold trade real quick before we get you out of here. 
Sam Darnold is going to be solid in Carolina. And uh, quarterback would have been a thing had he not been there. Um, I think he's gonna. He's finally got weapons. The New York Jets are one of the most dysfunctional teams when it comes to uh, player and roster management, and it'll show. Uh, I mean, they they were in the on the right path, I guess, if you want to look at Makai Beckton uh, on the offensive line, but he had no weapons to work with. He's got a he's got he's loaded now. I mean, you have Robbie Anderson, uh, DJ Moore, who I think is a stud. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's coming back. If they add an explosive tight end, that might be a really nice offense, and I think Matt Rule is going to be able to unlock some things that you guys have not seen from Sam Darnold. He's so, not broken. He couldn't unlock those things from Teddy Bridgewater? Teddy Bridgewater is a nice bridge quarterback. I hate using that term, but he's a nice bridge quarterback. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So uh, he's a nice quarterback if you want to bridge the gap, lose a few. He'll win you. He'll get you enough to just miss the playoffs, uh, but he'll keep you in draft purgatory to where you can't upgrade over him. Um, He just doesn't. You got to make a trade. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you have to make a trade. If you want to stay relevant, sure. But Teddy Bridgewater just isn't. He does, he's never had the arm uh, to to push the ball down the field for the the team he has. I mean, they have a lot of weapons, but Robbie Anderson's a deep threat, and you can't throw the ball down the field to him. Teddy he's just the type that was game. just never going to really like light it up in the NFL. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I was, you know, I, I thought, I thought, I was one, I was a Louisville quarterback too early. Yeah, pretty much. Either way, man, good stuff. Uh, before you go, let everybody know where they can uh, holler at you during the week on social media before your next appearance here, talking NFL draft. You got, you guys can catch me on Twitter for Purdue CFB. Uh, I'll be talking a lot more more quarterback drafts. I mean, we, who doesn't like quarterback? I mean, yeah. we're gonna kind of we might break down a little 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 something when it comes to scheme to scheme and how they fit with these different teams. Thank All you. right, man. <laughs> and we will holler at you next week about some more NFL draft topics, man. Appreciate your call. All right, guys. Appreciate it. All right, peace. All right, Fred Purdue, everybody. What up to B. Austin in the house? What up, B. Austin? What's good? What's good? What's good? Teddy Bridgewater didn't light it up, or he is lighting it up? Nah, he's lighting it up, and and T. Bridgewater just never going to go together. Um, I mean, Fred might have been the only person on earth to ever even put those words together. But uh, anyway. Let's let's get into some uh, NBA stuff real quick, man. NBA Yo, players. Oh, go ahead. He told us that Davian Clowney was like the new Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> and and Davian Clowney always gets lucky enough to get matched up with somebody that could unlock him, and he just still hasn't been that guy as of yet. Like he he had his moments in Houston. Yo, boy said he, was he, he wasn't what. Tito, yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't what he was hyped up to be. Definitely yeah. wasn't that. Catch first credentials back in, man. He was supposed to be the next LT. Boy was going to light it up, and you know what I'm saying when you got a quarterback like Big. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I got <laughs> the the quotables. We can just do a whole Fred quotable episode. All right, so uh, NBA players of the week, man. Paul George and Jason. Tatum, 
um, for the Western Conference and for the Los Angeles Clippers, Paul George put up 33.7 points per game, 5.7 assists, shot 60.9% from the three-point line as the Clippers went 4-0 and uh, last week. Jason Tatum out east scored 31.5 points per game, 8.5 rebounds, 3.8 assists, and the uh, Boston Celtics went 3-1 and one during that week. So shout-out to Paul George, uh, Western Conference Player of the Week, and shout-out to Jason Light Mamba Tatum um, for, going, for winning Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Um, man, big news came down the pike earlier today. Uh, Brooklyn Nets center, their new center, LaMarcus Aldrich, announced on Twitter that he's retiring from the NBA after experiencing an irregular heartbeat during his final appearance with the team. Um, he wrote uh, a nice letter. He actually started out and said, today I write this letter with a heavy heart, pun intended. Um, but uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, who is 35 years old, um, he was one of those pieces that the Nets got through um, the buyout that he got with the San Antonio Spurs. And it was just another piece that they added that you said, uh-oh, the Nets is just getting stronger every day. So before we even talk about um, his the impact that him leaving and retiring might make on this Nets team, man. What were y'all thoughts when y'all, when y'all heard this? They said during the Lakers game, like he had a little bit of an episode. Um, and then after the game, he alerted the team, the team got him to the hospital. And then he just made the decision. Like we heard over the last two games that he was out due to a non COVID-19 illness. And now we know what that was about. Um, he actually, was diagnosed a long time ago, back in 2007, with something called Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome, which is an extra electrical pathway between your heart's upper and lower chambers that causes a rapid heartbeat. And this was according to the Mayo Clinic. They're saying it's not clear if his recent scare is related to that condition, but, I mean, come on, I'm not a doctor, put two and two together. So what were your thoughts when you heard this? I mean, for me, it was like, you know, I was kind of sad God that he's able to walk away. He's able to walk away, and, and you know, this didn't this didn't go worse. Right. Uh, you know, it wasn't like a Hank Gathers collapse years, situation. Man, you know, in these days we would have seen the whole thing. Like, not that we didn't see Hank pass out, but it would have been different. Like in the Twitter era, and right, you just saw it a whole lot more. Oh man, we just saw the whole thing, bro. And it would have been like heartbreaking, considering everything that us as a as humans have been going through the last several years, man. Like, you mm-hmm. know, for like, you know, these are the last days, but no. We don't need to be seeing this. <laughs> Give me yeah, the face. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad he's in position, you know, financially, mentally, and spiritually to walk away and be with his family. And, uh, right. you know, do what's really important, man. Like, you know, at the end of the day, these are games of amusement. Um, but, man, that's, that's all. I got that's the first thing I yeah. thought of. Bro, you know, like, you know. You know the decision had to be tough. A, a dope player. It had to be right. tough. Right. Like, he went to the Nets because it's like, okay, I finally got the greatest chance I've ever had to win a title. And, you know, that, that pickup wasn't just – yeah, that wasn't just something to dismiss. LaMarcus Aldridge has game. So, you know, that yeah, definitely yeah. was going to help that team 
you know, down the stretch because the big man positions isn't exactly their strength. And they went and signed one, you know, another one besides him and Blake, you know, besides Blake Griffin. But, yeah, so what did you think, B, when you heard this? Um, You know, I was sad. To, it, it's always sad to see an athlete have to go out when it's not on his on his or her terms. Right. Um, you know, so that was that was kind of disappointing. Um, but considering that he is, as you say, able to walk away from the game, be with his family, and for all intents and purposes, hopefully live out a the majority of his life, hopefully healthy and happy and fulfilled and financially secure, where you know he's able to put food on his family. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm 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 thankful. For, for that. And then when you look at his career, he's played 14 or 15 seasons. It's not like he didn't have a borderline Hall of Fame career. So, you know, he's 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 cool. He's definitely you know, an overachiever, man. The Marcus Archer was way better than he was supposed to be. Um, Dame Lillard said, Put you in the mind you know, Cat, Dame Cat could Mobley be saying too. this. Yeah, Dame could be saying this because, you know, he was a teammate, I guess a friend. Um, play with him for a long time, but Dame says he thinks Portland should retire um, LaMarcus Aldridge's jersey. Um, you know, that's a, another conversation for another day. But but just like y'all said, man, just glad he's able to walk away, albeit not on his own terms, you know, because like I said, he went to Brooklyn for a distinct reason, and he can't play that situation out. But, you know, he he's he's putting his health and his presence for his family over what Jimmy said, what he called a game of amusement. Like we know how important it, that getting to that pinnacle is for a lot of players, but dude, you got to live. You know what I'm saying? You got to live. It's, it's, it's not that important. And you've lived a good life basketball wise, financial wise, like lived a good life. And and that's basically what he said, man. He said, I just want to be able to be here. Um, for my family. He's like, for 15 years, I put basketball first, and now it's time to put my health and my family first, man. So shout out to him. Um, that's what's up. Um, this wasn't something that we were going to talk about. I just wanted to mention it, though. They're finally going to do the ceremony for the 2020 um, Hall of Fame class that we've been, you know, talking about for the past couple of years. And they announced who's going to actually be the announcers for the top three people in the class. You know, that's Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett. So Michael Jordan is actually going to announce Kobe Bryant. Um, David Robinson is going to announce Tim Duncan. And Isaiah Thomas, the real real Isaiah Thomas, not the one who's um, probably about to get cut by the New Orleans Pelicans, who – people thought was going to get a max deal some years back. Not him, but Isaiah Thomas, the piston is going to announce Kevin Garnett. Did y'all know that there was like, is what's the relationship between those guys that he picks him to announce him into the hall of fame? Was it the Chicago? Chicago. Uh, yeah. The Chicago uh, yeah, connection. Okay. I mean, cause I know that's a thing, but then again, Garnett didn't even really make his bones in Chicago. You know what I mean? He left there and was and was a high school superstar mm-hmm. somewhere else. So I never really thought 
you know, I never, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think back. Like I never really heard him rap Shot Town that much. Well, like, not you like know, that. You think yeah. of Shot Town, you, you know, you think of, you think of D Rose, D Wade, think of guys like that. But you know, I don't think a lot of people just think of Garnett when they think of Shot Town. But hey, you know, you never know what relationships these guys have. Um, Outside of the game, Zeke might have been a mentor to this guy. Um, sad news in basketball, man. Uh, Nuggets star Jamal Murray um, tore his ACL, and he will miss the rest of this season. Uh, sad, I say, because Denver was definitely, you know, Denver's on the, I, I'd say they're on the short list, maybe top five or six teams where you talk about um, championship contenders and, and finals favorites for this season. Um, do y'all agree? And what do y'all think this injury will do for their chances to remain in that top five or six, if you agree that they're in that? Uh, yeah, their, chance, yeah, their, chance, their chances are done. Chances are done. Oh, go ahead. Do they still got cash on me? Is that who? Remember, uh, 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 oh, oh, oh. Homie played for that number. No, didn't, didn't they trade him? They traded him. They should have kept him since he like top two. <laughs> they traded him at the deadline. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what um, I'm saying. So I mean, they do have the presumed NBA MVP on their team, and Nikola Jokic. Um, y'all don't think he can uh, carry them still to the promised land, and maybe uh, 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 an extended role for. Porter Jr., like, you know, Denver still got a lot of talent on that team. You know, they just picked up Aaron Gordon at the trade deadline. So I don't know if this completely takes them out of the mix, but we all know from the last, you know, two years of playoff competition that Jamal Murray, no matter what he does in the regular season, he's their guy when the playoffs come. He's their closer in these playoff moments. So I think that's what's going to hurt the most. But I still think this is a good team without him. But, yeah, championship contender, eh, remains to be seen. What do y'all think? B, you said they're just done. You think they're done? Yeah, I mean, will, will they make the playoffs? Yeah, they'll yeah, make yeah, the playoffs. But I, I, I'm, I'm thinking we're talking about serious playoff contention amongst them, you know, Lakers, Clippers, uh, and without Jamal Murray, they are just playoff. They're, they're not. So do you think, like, Jamal Murray being injured, do you think this puts them under a team like Portland? I think Portland can hop yeah. Denver. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great – yeah, that's a great question. But, yeah, considering where they're going to get their guard play, I mean, he's a minus on the perimeter, and with Dame and C.J., you know, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a that's a great team to look at. Yeah. All right. Like I said, you know, Denver's still loaded. You know, it's still kind of loaded, but it does hurt to lose, I mean, what many consider one of your top two players and, you know, the guy who, who, who closes it for you in the, in the big moments. So um, shout out to him. Hope he's full and, and speedy recovery. What do you, Jim, do you think this, helps or damages the Joker's chances at that MVP? Because right now, like they even took a poll, he kind of seems like the runaway winner, and we know 
that the main, the primary reason for that, not that he's not balling and having an MVP caliber season, but the primary reason that in this poll he got like 96 out of 101 um, first place votes is because Joel Embiid and LeBron James have missed too much time. Joker hasn't missed a game yet this season, even though his team in the in the in the standings, you know, isn't as good as Joel Embiid's team. But Joel Embiid has missed mm-hmm. about 18 games to Joker's zero, so he's like the runaway leader in the clubhouse right now. What do you think this injury does to his MVP chances? I mean. I don't think it really does much. He's still going to be it's, – it's, it's still between those two guys. I mean – Yeah, because you know you had a triple-double. But I don't believe on runaway numbers. Anyway, them, runaway, them runaway numbers got to be wrong, though. It can't be like 98%. Come on, cuz. I mean, they claim to have polled the people that's actually going to be voting. So maybe they're, you know, trying to hold their stuff close to the vest or they're just waiting on this stretch run to see – or these people might really be so preoccupied with the fact that the, the other contenders have missed games. Um, I really do think you got to judge it on more than just availability. We know how important availability is, but at the same time, you know, when these other dudes are playing, they are dominating crazy, and their teams rarely lose with them in the fold. So all of that has to be taken into consideration. I'm not just saying that to big up my guy. Shout out to Joel. But he still has to be in the mix, man. This is a crazy season anyway. You know, some of those uh, absences weren't even from his personal injuries. You know, we got this whole contract contact tracing business going on this year. Um, it's just a crazy season. So if there is a season where somebody can miss a ton of games and still get the MVP, it would probably be this one. So so we'll see what the Joker does. I mean, he had a triple-double the very next game after um, um, after Murray went down and they hammered a good team. So we'll see. He, he's still trying to trying to do his stuff. Just keep himself in the race. All right, y'all man, um, Kyrie was ejected from a game for the first time in his NBA career um, for jawing back and forth with Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder from the Lakers ended up getting ejected as well. Then the game after, Kyrie decided to take one of those Kyrie, I don't know if it was a mental health day, uh, you know, whatever. He took lead <laughs> the next game, and we kind of find out, found out, I mean, through Twitter, because Kyrie actually addressed it after the game, that the whole beef between he and Dennis Schroeder stemmed around Dennis Schroeder calling Kyrie the N-word while they were arguing back and forth about whatever they were doing basketball-related on the court. So Kyrie goes on Twitter that night and says the N-word is a derogatory racial slur. It will never be a term of endearment, reclaimed, flipped, never forget its foul and true history. Throw that N-word out the window right alongside all those other racist words used to describe my people. We are not slaves or ends. What do y'all think about Kyrie's eloquent <laughs> words on being called? A nigga. <laughs> my nigga. My nigga. What the hell is wrong with you, dog? Jim, you believing? Or do we or, or do we need more people? <laughs> yo, yo, listen, man. Here, here's what I'll say, man. Um my my guy, Little Mountain, 
is literally <laughs> my favorite player right now, man. Since since Dumb Lady, you know, has been injured or what have you. Uh, ben Simmons and Cyber last night. Cook their ass. Yo, <laughs> Little Mountain is my favorite player just because, like, he's literally out here living life on his own terms. Like, we're seeing a metamorphosis. Like, the guy is finding himself. Um, you can tell he's been reading and studying just based upon his, 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 his social media behavior. Like, and Kyrie thinks out loud. Even when he's wrong, he thinks out loud. And I, I'll mm-hmm. never, you know, criticize him for it. And I just find him hilarious, like, even though he's not even trying to be hilarious. My so, man, my man so, is learning yeah. stage before games. My man is, like, making salat before games. He's out here, like, you know, fighting back. He's, he's, having, he's having that awakening that Kaepernick had when he got a, a sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean this is true. Who knows? Like if Kyrie, mm. Kyrie, who knows if Kyrie gonna be on by next but, year, bro? But, might, we, but might, y'all you know, all do know. Y'all all know that the general public, especially the general public on social media, does not allow you to have awakenings. They don't allow you to grow up. They don't allow you to change your mind. They don't you allow you to what mature. You've always been. Because Jim, <laughs> that's one of the what was the first thing we saw area. posted on Twitter and Instagram? After Kyrie went on this tirade about the N word, was the first thing it we saw. It was close to him calling people the N word. It was to him calling <laughs> on the court. N word, like years right, ago, they, yeah, on the court. They don't let you grow up, so, man. You're not allowed to grow up. I mean, listen, man. Here's the thing, man. At this day and age, uh, you know, El Hodge, Malik El Shabazz wouldn't allow to be able to grow into who he became. Doctor King wouldn't have been grown. Malcolm Little, all his, he'd have been Detroit Red all his life. You know, they no matter what he Dr. did. King accountable to when he was dating white girls as a young man. That's it. That is Myra's probably like that. Y'all can look that up. Y'all can look that up. <laughs> I ain't making that up. Um, you know what I'm saying? Some, some will say that's why he fought for civil rights because he couldn't date this white. Never mind. I'm going to be a yeah. piece of history at home. <laughs> I mean, it's real history. Though. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't make, not my opinion, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> my point is, um, so that's one of the sad parts about, like, culture now is that we do live our lives online. So we say things and do things. I've seen stuff that – that's the thing about, like, being online so long. I've been on Facebook, I think, since, like, 08, 07. And mm-hmm. I just, like, memories that pop up, like, yo, what the fuck are you out? Like, yo, I said that? About? Like, yeah, right. I'm like, yo, I said that out loud. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> yo. <laughs> so, so, to, yo, to that, to that point – Oh, that! Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying, like I've done it to myself, so I know that you know this is this is this is part of life now because everything is documented. Yeah, there's a an entire generation of kids that's going to look at their parents and be like, "Yo, get the f out of here! You can't tell me nothing, ma. Look at mm-hmm. what you was doing in Cancun in 2009." Going to pull up, going to pull up my Facebook pictures. And, and sh- Yo, <laughs> why was that? B- why was that BBC straw? Why was that BBC straw mm-hmm. in your mouth, mom? And there's a picture of you. Right. So as soon as, so as soon as, as soon as Kyrie posted that, the, the you know the social media world just quickly reminded him. Well, we don't believe you. You need more people. <laughs> Show Kyrie doing the exact same thing that he got upset with, with Schroeder about. But, hey, like I said, man, I'm I'm here for growth, man. And, and Little Mountain definitely has been showing growth. He's also just been showing the, the league and whoever else got an issue with it that, you know, I do what I want. 
uh, like yeah. growth and being grown, you know, we look at that as two different, like he's showing that I'm grown, not just yeah. maturity and growth. He's like, I'm grown. I do what he, I want. He, he definitely, he like, yo, he, another shift happened when Kobe, when Kobe died, you saw him like shift into the next year. Like, yeah. he had to that take that spot. And all that, but he, he, that was his OG and everything, but he took it to the next level. And I guess he probably said, look, life's too short. I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. <laughs> my man being, my, how, yo, how you in the NBA taking mental health days? <laughs> yo, I, I don't even know. He's doing what he wants to, yo. Because yeah, he don't even, yeah, he's not like even trying to call it no management. He's like, I'm managing my 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 mental. And he'll go out on these days and take pictures at a party. When he's supposed to be like in an arena, helping his squad out, he don't care. But bro, he don't even lie about it. Like they said, Steve Kerr asked him the one time, like, "Why didn't you play?" He said, "I don't feel like it." Yeah. And just, <laughs> 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 My you man said, "I don't feel like that guy, man." Little Mountain is that guy, yo. When he does play, when he does play, though, cooking everybody. <laughs> Cooking everybody. <laughs> he is cooking every single person. All right, so we got a uh, quote of the week here. This is also NBA basketball related. And the quote of the week is, quote, he guarded me in Utah, and I had 42, and apparently I'm not a scorer. This is Ben Simmons when he was asked if he should win the defensive player of the year over Rudy Gobert. Of course, he said more, and he gave Rudy his respect and he gave him his props, but then he had to backslap him in the process and say, look, I'm not even a scorer. I played center that game, and I cooked him for 42. So, you know, if y'all want to give him the defensive player of the year award, that's on y'all. What do y'all think about Ben's comments? And, and, and who do y'all think right now? Who y'all think is the, the defensive player of the year in the NBA? Not Draymond. Um, but listen, um, I was about to say, but I, I, per minute, it's definitely Thibault, but, you know, yeah, they're not going to give it to him. So. <laughs> not at all. But here's the crazy part, though. Ben always got uh, – he always got static with the boys up in Utah. Um, I bet you I bet you he get a vote, though, Jim. I bet you he get some votes. People like that, dude. He might. He might. He might. But here, yo, the crazy Yeah, Ben do beef ben with the Mormons, yo. Is it the Mormons up there? Respected by, <laughs> ben be getting disrespected by players and fans, yo. Like, so now he's starting to clap yo, back. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Like, yo, because he can't shoot threes. <laughs> ben was like, look, I gave him 42. So, you know, that's defensive player of the year. Yo, and but, that's uh, mad petty, too, though. That's mad petty because, I mean, that means that you either had someone research it or you remember that specific game against him specifically. Like, you know, because you know, oh, that might be why that. he did that. That might be because Ben ain't never that aggressive to put up 40. That might be why because he saw that Rudy was gardening. Like, oh, here's my chance to listen. Man. I, can, I, can, I can take my defensive player of the year case into my own hands offensively. So let me do what I could do every night if I wasn't so unselfish and pass first and scared to shoot jump shots. I'm a cook but, to, but but to remember but to remember that specific game and date and time and all that is kind of insane. That means that you're oh. just being petty. He gonna that's keep like, that until yeah. He, he gonna keep that until the yeah, award is given out. And if oh my god, yo, that's like I'm telling, sorry, I'm looking out the window. Like Your baby's chick. out the street. That's like telling a chick. <laughs> that's 
like telling a chick, remember January 3rd when we made sweet passion love and I lasted 15 minutes? Like, you came up with the specifics. <laughs> it seemed like this is drawing. So remember, we could have had a so kid then, on January 12th, but he you him. swallowed him instead. But no, yeah. <laughs> I'll feel you. He, he, he definitely, he definitely petty Murphy on this one. Um, and, and, and imagine how much, imagine how much more petty it's going to get Jim if he loses and it's to um, Rudy Gobert. Oh, he he gonna he he gonna give out the whole box score, how every basket went down. Rudy's what Rudy was saying while he was getting cooked. He gonna he gonna let it all out. All right, so shout out to Ben mm-hmm. for, for clapping back at one of them Utah boys. Um, our stat of the week, man. This is a baseball stat, and even though you know. Everybody here don't share the same love for the game. I know Jimmy used to be a big fan, and you understand the gravity at the stat that I'm about to read. Tony Gwynn versus the three-headed monster, pause that if it needs to be, Hall of Fame pitching staff from the Atlanta Braves that everybody still talks about to this day, um, Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz. Against these three guys combined, Tony Gwynn had 270 plate appearances. He had three strikeouts in 270 plate appearances against against this Hall of Fame staff, and he averaged 394 against them. Yo, Yo, I don't even know baseball. You can't think of many players who own this Hall of Fame pitching staff like Tony Gwynn, 394. He struck out three times in 270 plate appearances. I didn't even go look up and add up how many strikeouts the three of these dudes have combined in their careers because that number would be ridiculous. But the three of them in 270 plate appearances only struck Tony Gwynn three times. And he hit almost 400 against these dudes. That's domination, man. (laughs) Can he make three pointers though? <laughs> can he can he shoot threes? Uh, man. Yo, baseball, like yo, how many how many home runs he hit, bro? Yo, but that 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 stat was crazy. So we we had to. I think my man, I think out. Manny Ramirez would have done the same thing against him. Though. <laughs> B. Austin's favorite player, only player of all time. Shout out to Manny, wherever you are right now, Manny's. Play, Manny playing somewhere where he's living out of a motel right now, not a hotel. He's playing in one of them motel leagues. A shout out to Manny, man. All right. So, uh, all his money. Before we talk about what happened while y'all were on the ground, we're going to go to the phone lines real quick, take a couple calls. We got the homie Tobias calling in from out in Arizona. What up, Tobias? Roll damn tide, roll Dodgers, roll, roll da- Buccaneers. Hey. Everybody. You had a good year this year, man. Hey, and the Chicago Bulls want the playoffs, baby, out. But we still bet the play-in game, though. That's progress. I was about to say, we're going to miss some significant time. Might be over for y'all now. <laughs> hey, the play-in game, good Lord. <laughs> hey, but, but, but Tobias, that just makes the move to get Vooch that much more of a great move because maybe you got somebody that can hold it down. And, you know, yep. keep y'all 500 or something while Zach is out. Yo, for a league that keeps saying basketball is positionless, we ain't got a point guard, folks. I'm oh, sorry. 
this whole positionless basketball talk is total BS. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to these people out here who only watched the last five minutes of Golden State Warriors games doing their run. Uh, you need a point guard, folks. You need a center. You need position. I'm sorry. Zach Levine is a big-time player, but he's not a playmaker, a table setter. That's no knock against him. So that's, I think when people say positionless, no. If you say basketball's positionless, okay, let me put Kobe White against uh, Joel Embiid since we're positionless <laughs> in the NBA. That's <laughs> how the people talk. <laughs> yeah, you know? do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But a couple of things here. Kyrie Irving, um, when he talked about Schroeder called him the end, where he reminded me of no black folks who turn Muslim or something or become a vegan and try to beat you over the head with it. Uh, like the folks who brag about not eating meat every day, every time they post a picture on Facebook, like, dude, we don't care you don't eat meat. That's what he reminds me of. I'm a, but, car- I'm a carnivore, not meat and eating. Yeah, food. but oh. I thought it, maybe <laughs> think about this clip, Muhammad, Muhammad Ali on his show, and I forgot what it was. It is black guy was a co-host, and he kept trying to debate Muhammad Ali. He was like, no, we're not going to debate about Friday white folks. We're doing it behind closed doors. Kyrie should holler and shoot it behind closed doors that bother him that much. You know, he's bringing yeah. white folks to the conversation. Talking, well, they do say that word. We should be able to say it. That's the stuff that – and let's just be honest here, guy. Kyrie really don't want to play basketball. <laughs> you know, he's got to be honest about that. Uh, if they paid him $10 million, yeah, he would have been out. But at the same time, people talk about the Nets, right? They keep penciling the Nets. They're going to do that. They're going to do that. One, they're the most boring super team ever. They're not winning the title. They're not even coming out to eat. You can't tell me these guys who played less than 10 games together are just going to slap it on and beat the Sixers in the Bucks on the way to the finals with no big man, <laughs> with no, you know, with no five. They had one. I mean, here's my thing. You retired. I, I, w- I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if they did. I mean, but at the, but at the same time, you know, I, I think that's more of a referendum on the Sixers, though. The Sixers have been known to choke <laughs> recently. So, you know, that might be them more so than the Nets. But it's a lot of talent there, man. Sometimes, sometimes in yeah, this league. Yeah, man. When you got them three dudes, man, <laughs> when you got them three dudes, even if they ain't played a lot or whatever, like, it's, it's going to be a tough out. Yeah. You know the problem is, though, and it's a hill, though. Yeah, uh, yes, I know I mean, they, they definitely ain't going to guard nobody. They ain't going to guard nobody. That's the problem. That's the problem because guess what? You can't guard nobody. What if one guy gets in foul trouble? Kyrie, Kyrie decides that you know he wants he wants to you know you know fight fight the good fight one day and not show up. You know, take take it. <laughs> I need to find his agent because this guy had uses all his PTO day. He had like he a black person at the job for real at the plant. He take all his PTO days, but uh, you know, what what those guys have a bad off out nobody. Usually a great team, if they have a bad offensive game, they can still stop you. They can't get stopped. And that's something that yeah. always catches up. I don't care how great your offense is. Defense I mean, even through a bad offensive game. Even with the loss of Aldridge, they have two decent defenders at the center position. And um, DeAndre Jordan and Nicholas Claxton. But – but, they really like they have decent defenders, but they aren't the type of defenders at the center position that's going to be able to do anything with the Joel and B. They would probably have better success as defenders against the bigs of the Bucks because the bigs of the Bucks, we already know, 
you know, Giannis is he, he he's dribbling and he's playing running back a lot. You got um, Brooke, uh, Brooke Lopez. He's going to camp behind a three-point line and just launch, so they might be a little easier to, to defend. We all know that Joel Embiid also can get into his little lulls where, you know, he wants to step back and shoot um, a lot as well. But when Doc Rivers makes him get down there and tells him to be a bully, there's not much that DeAndre Jordan nor Nicholas Claxton nor Jeff Green can do about that, and you actually saw that last night. So I don't think last night was really much to see in the matchup when they're all full strength because dealing with KD and dealing with James Harden, that's going to be a whole different animal. But those bigs trying to deal with Joel Embiid, it's just not going to be able to happen unless he lets them off the hook. You saw at the beginning of the game when he was hanging at the perimeter, DeAndre Jordan, even though Joel Embiid is a 38 to 40% three-point shooter this year, DeAndre Jordan still decided, okay, I'd rather sag down and let him shoot Bingo. than get up on him and make him say, oh, you want to do that? Then I'm going to turn my back and bully your ass all the way down to the let him shoot. You know what I mean? So it's going to be up to Joel what, what, what he's going to do against those guys because they can't and, and that's how I feel about these big men who want to shoot threes all day. I let them shoot all day. If you hit seven, we lose. I'll shake your hand. <laughs> hey, good, good, you know. But <laughs> – Y'all, I know people like the media now, and I and I hate NFL draft season. I really hate it because they keep saying Justin Fields slipping. Who said – it's like, how about this? How do we know he's slipping? The draft hasn't even come up yet. Do we know which quarterback these teams have on their boards who they rated high? We don't know. We don't know the Niners like Trey Lance over Justin Fields. We don't know they even like Justin Fields. How about this? Why are we mad that Justin Fields may not be going to the Jets? He should be hoping he's not going to the Jets. <laughs> we don't know what these teams have on their board. And I know these people love talking about receivers and these picks. I don't care what nobody says. I, even though I'm not a Sam Darnold guy, I would have kept him a draft of Panay's sword offensive line. You get him on the other side of Beckham. You build your offensive line up. We saw what happened in the Super Bowl. We don't have no line. I don't care how good your weapons are. I don't know how good your quarterback is. If you ain't got a line, you ain't got a chance. Like, and I, we I just clown think- the Jets, Tobias, and their situation, but I don't think people really sit back and, and realize how difficult a situation that is for a star player or somebody who's Bingo. supposed to be a star player. That's a, bad, that's a difficult situation, first of all, because the team is always bad. You know what I'm saying? Everybody who comes in is expected to be a savior. They have terrible management, most of the time terrible coaching, and it's the hardest city in sports to play in. So you're going to be getting all this pressure from the fans and media while you're not even really getting a fair chance to live up to what you're supposed to live up to. That is a terrible situation. I mean, it's been almost as bad for the Giants, but at least every now and then the Giants will break out and win a Super Bowl. Like, the Giants will win a Super Bowl, don't make the playoffs for five years, win a Super Bowl, you know, like, at least they have that. The Jets are just yep. trash. That's been trash since <laughs> Joe Namath. Like, Did you notice the same teams be picking the top ten all the time? <clears throat> you notice that? Uh, yeah. But, see, what what these teams fall into the trap, and the Bucks did the same thing for years and years and years with Josh Freeman, Winston. They did this for years. Hey, 
the quarter, the new quarterback gonna fix it. But you gotta fix your other parts of the team. The Jets do. The Lions were the team that dropped three wide receivers three years in a row. Who is that stupid? <laughs> they gonna put a quarterback in there, so he's gonna fix it. You can't fix that when you draft receivers three years in a row. The same teams. And what happens is, I always say this, the quarterbacks that we like, we think are good, look where they went at the beginning. Look where they went. That's the things that people miss out on because you build your team. Because Patrick Mahomes did not go to the Chicago Bears or the Cleveland Browns. He went to the Chiefs of Andy Reid, who got Kevin Cobb paid, who helped with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, that's look. It's where you go, especially as quarterback. People crying about Lamar Jackson. What if he went to the Browns? What if he went to the Jets or the Cardinals, who dropped the Cowboys the next year? He went to the right spot that went all in on him, and he's about to get forty million dollars. So. If don't Justin Fields or any of these quarterbacks who slip, guess what happens when you slip? You go to a better team, <laughs> you know, and you're going to get the second contract. If you go to a better team, it means you got a better coach. And I just and you, think that uh, you take people don't look at it time. that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And my last thing, guys, they got other people. Uh, can we just tell let, – let's just be honest here, guys, about this hashtag that. Uh, don't blame stuff on talking politics. With black people speaking up for black people, it ain't about the injustice going on in this country. That ain't about. That ain't stopping y'all from watching the NBA. That ain't stopping y'all from watching the NFL. Cause last time I checked, when you're going against a high pick and roll, ain't nobody saying, "Hey man, what do you think about that Dow? Or what about that incident? They playing the game. And I just think that uh, play. And I'm cool with players like the Minnesota teams who are like, "Hey, we're not playing tonight." If y'all mad about that. Start being mad about these cops who keep killing unarmed black people with impunity on camera. And by the way, for the role of Marks in the world, keep thinking voting is magic elixir. Minnesota been a blue state and Richard Nichols president in 72. So <laughs> there you go there. So, so what good is voting? Right. But, hey, you guys have a good day, man. And, and tell right, Fred man. to get some better info there because I don't like none of his draft picks up to Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> hey, you guys have a great day. Peace. Hey, Jim, you know, uh, like, Tobias and, and and Roland Martin like mortal enemies on social media now. <laughs> they be going at each other. Yeah, I know. On social media. You know, Tobias be having Roland Martin in his feelings, bro. He definitely do because he, he stops talking it, about the issues and just start ca- talking calling Tobias names. I'm like, yo, you supposed yo, to be, Tobias, be like, the intelligent guy on TV, Martin, like, and he got you all in your. Face. I know. He just start calling them names. <laughs> you idiot! You son, like damn. Like, but you know he's the popular guy. He's the famous guy, so he has enough people to 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 call off him and jump on that. And they, yeah, idiot, blah blah blah. But nobody's realizing that he's 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 skating the whole conversation. Like it, people fall for anything, man, when when they like somebody. All right, we got a uh, and shout out to uh, Skyview because when we were talking about um, the Nets and all that, he's like, bottom line, you have to have chemistry. And when I said the Sixers choked, he said Ben got hurt last year. Otherwise, we wouldn't have gotten swept by Boston. Um, I, I think I believe that to be true as well. But it was still a, a sweep. Like they swept us. Like that don't that doesn't really give you any confidence that okay, even if you had this other guy, you win the series. Like y'all couldn't even take a game from these guys. From these and, guys. And, and Ben is valuable, but damn, one game we can get one game. Um, 
So let's go out to Cali. We got Rob calling in from Cali. What up, Rob? What's going on, man? What's up, man? Can y'all hear me? We can hear you. Yo, what's up? This is your boy, Big Rob. Yo, yo, as AKA, as I combine all the separate produce from the mind, heal him, will him, heal him back home with wine, AKA, yo. <laughs> yo! You ruined them lyrics. <laughs> yo. Yo, 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 shout out to Plantation Radio, yo, I went to PS2, I went to PS273, man, all right, when y'all was going to your private black, I went to PS273, man, shout out to East New York, man, put some respect shout on Shout out to East man. New York. Shout out to, shout shout out to AZ. Alright, what's up, man, what's going on? I see your Lakers trying to hold things together while, while, you know, the greatest player of all time and Anthony Davis are still sidelined. Let's play all... I mean, did Jordan come out of retirement play for the Lakers? I mean, but anyways, man. Like, anyways, uh, you know what? That's the thing about like about people. Go, I know L.A. is a glamorized city. And I know it's a glamorized town. You know, if you oh, Lakers, you know, you can be like Alex Caruso, and you, you know, you can just get any M's you want. You know what I'm saying? But you know, if you know, if if, if, if you like Paul Gasol, they never wrestling after you. But the thing about L.A. is, is that we have ballers. And I understand what y'all are trying to tell me. Like NBA players are not looking at bodies; they're just looking for some yams and some and some and some attention, like the White Howard or you know male yams and women yams, like like the White Howard's or But like you know, like I mean, L.A. dudes really want to dudes on our team. You have to ball. You have to ball. You have to live up to a legacy. If you live up to a legacy and you ball, whether you are scrub or not, people are gonna respect you and. That's the thing about the Lakers, man. We want ballers. We want to play like an ish. Go to the Clippers. You know what I'm saying? That's how it is. <laughs> or, go to, or, go, or go to Nets. No disrespect to Brooklyn, but go to Nets. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> no disrespect to Brooklyn, but if you want to play like an ish, go over there. I feel you. I feel you. Nets. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about the team. I'm not talking about the streets. I'm talking about the team. You know, and uh, Kyrie's a weirdo. He's always been a weirdo. I don't like Duke. You know, I'm a UNC fan. We're going to talk about that at the end. You know, I don't like I – don't, I don't really like Duke players. Duke players are weird. Even – except for Zion, he's a little weird, but he's okay. But, you know, I just don't expect nothing less. Uh, I think with Marcus Aldridge, uh, that situation is very unfortunate. It's, not, it's very unfortunate when it comes to injuries it, uh, and or, or conditions like that. And that's one thing. I know about Joel Embiid. He had the potential to probably, if he was fully healthy and he was and he had a longer career, I think I think he'll be up. I think he'll be up there with the greats. If he if he he'll be up there with the greats. Uh, talking about him being a goat because he had that potential just to dominate every night. But to me, he was unmotivated and he. Hey man, he just cared about you know his trigger finger would turn to Twitter fingers. That's just me, man. So yeah, I mean he's looking pretty motivated now. So we'll, we'll see if he can finish the you know finish his career with that same type of motivation. If you play like this, I mean, he'll be out there cooking. <laughs> I mean, I mean Ben says motivated to to put the Kardashians in motivated to get his jump shot. Just just. I don't understand, man. These dudes are just a waste. Don't waste your damn talent, bro. But I mean, anyways, man. Like, like. Why do you, uh, you think Ben Simmons wasting his talent? I mean, he, I don't think wasting his talent. He's a talented player. He he won the top players in the league. I just wish he had a damn jump shot. I wish it was better. 
You know, right. it's not like I'm talking trash. These dudes are trash. Like, no, I'm no, not going to be better. Like, I mean, that's the, the low-hanging fruit on Ben. Everybody talk about that. I feel you. I, I, you know, I embrace competition. Like, I want, you know, your best to be best, everybody to be healthy so we can go again. Like, because I want no excuses, you know. Um, I mean, not only that, uh, even with, um, what's his name? Because I want to talk about the draft a little bit. I think, and by the way, uh, you know, I don't want to the other shows, but at least people should listen to players and what they talk about, like the NFL draft and things like that, like uh, Clint McHale and and, um, and, and uh, Jason Avant were talking. I, I really like I really like Patrick Sertain. I think that I, I really love, I'm going to switch gears, sorry about that. I hope the Eagles can get them. But, um, you know, so you wouldn't be you wouldn't be upset if he was there. You wouldn't be upset if they took him instead of a wide receiver because I know a lot of y'all Eagles fans want them to have you know a stud wide receiver. If there I mean, was if, the, if if Sertain and a and a big time receiver were on the board and they took Sertain, you wouldn't be mad at him, or you would wait until Sertain didn't live up to his potential and say you should have took the other guy. What would you do? <laughs> <laughs> what would you laugh at? I mean, the, the, the thing is, I didn't trust. Rob, you got to keep it real. Fan. You know that you believe that, that the entire NFL and the success of a team is built on the guys that are furthest away from the ball. You know you feel the wide receiver is hit. No, be, no, you would no, want no, that wide No, we, we got we, – we, no, 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 no. Here's – and I'm gonna answer that. But I'm gonna answer like this. Listen, the thing is, what I seen, and this is the Eagle fan, and this is all based on McDavid. And by the way, be awesome. He could, you know, be be could trash on McDavid. He could have a picture of McDavid on his toilet. You know what I'm saying? He could shit on McDavid. You know, all you want, I apologize. And you know, it is what it is. But the thing for me is seeing McNabb and seeing Carson Wentz. Who to me, and I don't care. He probably one of the best. Hopefully, he won't be a last, but he won't the best quarterback the Eagles has ever had. The thing is, I saw McDavid, I saw Carson Wentz, I saw an organization that did not invest enough in a wide receiver or wide receiver position to help him out. And, so, and both of those and, quarterbacks and McNabb, made it to the Super Bowl. Both of those quarterbacks yeah, made it to the Super Bowl because what, they invested what, what, in the they, positions. Listen, they, they invested in the important positions. And when they did, I mean, they, they got T.O., who was arguably the best wide receiver in the league. So how are you going to say they didn't invest in in the wide receiver position they, for McNabb? They invested them not, not, not I mean, when they did. Okay, so, so was, listen. When they did, it worked. When they did, it worked. When so what if, it, it, okay, so what if before they were able to make that deal with, with T.O., when they were building a team, so what if they had went out and got a stud receiver and that money took up the money that they used to get McNabb, one of the best offensive lines in the league, um, and one of the best defenses in the league? So what if you traded off with nobody to block I, I, for him? Hold on, hold on, hold on, Rob. And, and, and on, on top of that, hold on, because that's, that's the best up. question. What would you rather have, a great offensive line or a mediocre offensive line and a great wideout? Great wideout. 
Go ahead. Just, just on the back. I think, I think, I think, I think, and, and this is what I want to talk about earlier. Thank you for telling me. This is what I'm talking about earlier. I think with with our team at that time. Here's the thing. They had, we had, big, uh, Andy Reid was very proficient in getting and developing offensive line. You know, uh, the uh, uh, Jim Johnson was very proficient in investing in the defense and, and developing develop, develop defense. So even if we got stuck wide receivers, we can still. Rob, Rob can, to your point, Andy Reid was able first. to make shit look like sugar. They still, but, but, but Rob, there's a thing called we, a salary cap, we, though. We, so if we, you go out here and acquiesce to a, a receiver who wants all this money, then it's, then your team is going to suffer somewhere else. We, they got to a we, point, talent-wise, where they could make a run at T.O. because they felt it was worth it because we'd been in the NFC Championship games the three years prior. But we wouldn't have been in those NFC Championship games those years prior had we blown our wide on these skill positions that are the most dependent positions on the field. If dude don't have anybody to block for him, if he doesn't have a dynamic running back, you know, and, and, and Westbrook and Deuce perform that could catch out of the backfield, block out of the backfield, and run the ball. If he doesn't have a top three defense every year that's holding teams to under 17 points, we don't get that far. And all people talking about is receiver, receiver, receiver. Let's not forget, T.O. didn't even play in the playoffs, and they still made it to the Super Bowl. Let's not forget that the Ravens, one with Manny Mo, Larry, Jack, and Curly, and then Manny Mo, Jack, Jack, and Curly went to the Patriots, and they won with, you know, come on, man. The Ravens did it. The Patriots did it. Uh, I would say Tampa Bay kind of did it. They had Keyshawn, maybe. But there have been plenty. There have been more examples of teams being successful and winning Super Bowls without you know what? great or dynamic <laughs> wide receivers. If the, if the quarterback was better, the Ravens had two that wouldn't running be the backs. The Ravens had if, you, if your quarterback was better, back. that whole wide receiver argument wouldn't even be an excuse because he would make the guys that he had look good. Throw him the ball, he, throw it to had, him accurately, and we ain't got to have all that. We got to have a stud because we need somebody that's going to catch this bullshit that he's throwing and do stuff after the catch since they're not catching it in stride. So you need that. You need dudes like that. I get it. I get it, man. Yo, I can't disagree with yo, you. I get it. Yo, Rob, Rob, do you really remember those McNabb teams? Are you old enough to really, really remember? I, I listen, listen, listen. I remember. I remember we drafted and said drafting Freddie Mitchell. Oh, no, it was the most we got to Freddie Mitchell. Dog, 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 dog. If you really know, that's not even where I'm going. That's not even where I'm going. Yeah, Rob, who was you on really the board? Remember those teams? Who was on the board? Wait a minute. Who was on the board when we drafted Freddie Mitchell? Reggie Wayne. Okay, and you doing your hindsight thing again, I guess. I can't no, remember no, no, anybody no, being that upset even, about that. That ain't even, that ain't even where I'm, that ain't even really where I'm going, dude. I really can't remember anybody being yo, upset about I, that I, at the time. Yo, Andy, yo, Andy Reid designed an offense based on McNugget throwing the ball to running back. That's it. He was throwing the ball to running back because that's what he was I mean, capable of. I mean, I mean, I mean half that, but. Okay. All right, we got rules. So okay, we can get okay. Here's, here's, oh, 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 okay, I want to say two quick things, but because I want to answer Plantation Radio real quick, because um, I don't like Walmart either. But, 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 but here's the thing: I'm for trading back 
because I believe in his coaching staff is going to develop players unlike the coaching staff of previously. And I also understand that um that uh what do you call it um what do yeah, we know about this coaching staff? Of uh, the coach, the coach, coach went eleven and five, made a play the last couple of years without a without a quarterback. So that tells a lot about what they're coming from. So you know, but 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 anyways, and and, and so are we giving him the props for that. I mean, I'm just asking. We, no, I'm goes, not even trying to be smart listen, enough because listen, listen, because listen, no, listen, because Eagles we, fans now are given they're given now that now that Doug was gone and he had a bad season. All I hear is Eagles fans giving Frank Wright all the credit. So this dude comes from no. Frank Wright's staff, and you're giving him the credit, or, or no? I'm giving I'm, I'm giving the whole staff the credit, but 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 here's the okay. okay we can go back and forth there, but 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 I want to talk about plantation radio real quick. The, okay, man, make it quick. Cause we got to roll. The, 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 the thing is. Rob, you gotta cover your phone from the wind, man. All we hear is wind. All we hear is wind. Cover, cover your, cover the speaker. Go ahead. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. You gotta hurry up. Having a, listen, Hubert Davis proved, listen, proves that having an H and I in any head, any corporate or head position. Is gonna wait. Is gonna make a lot of corporate people scared. And so him saying that I'm proud that this, I'm proud of that, diversify is trying to try to be less threatening as possible. Now, now I do. I'm very proud to be African American, but I'm also very and, proud that my wife is white. And 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 and, and, it's, and the thing is, what comes to I am for finance. I am for black businesses, black black business financial empowerment in order to better our communities. But we, there's nothing without we. We still need to be. We still need to be um, uh, involved in the political process, and that's the pro. And the problem with and uh, the problem with us in our communities is that we are we are taught that you know you got. We are taught the negative effects of, of government systems like welfare and things like that. What they don't understand is that that's what rich people do all day is get money from the government. Corporate subsidized, corporate welfare. Uh, the largest transfer of wealth just happened last year. People missed it. All that, all that, all the first COVID help relief packets went to the top one percent, and they got richer off of that. You gotta mm-hmm. understand the, the gentrification happens because the city council. The city council decide what gets built, where gets built, where here or there. Whether it's going to be a Walmart or a small business. So you got cotton picking. To people like Tobias talking about, oh, we don't need help for the government. And you got people like Boyce Walker saying, oh, we don't need help for government. It's like Negro. You need both. You need financial power and you need to be involved in the government process to the extent. You need both. You can't have one without the other. You know, I'm a socialist, but I can't still be. Be socialism. But I don't have capital. That, that 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 that's the thing. I think uh, Q-tips are the best. Rob, scared, Rob, scared, Rob, scared Rob, money don't make Rob. money. You know what I'm saying? So so Rob. a guy like me and Jim, uh, a guy like me and Jimmy, like let's say I'm on city council and Jimmy says, yo, y'all want to build like a factory to be to be the black Tesla, and I'm on city council and Jimmy says, yo, bro, hey, what's up, man? Throw you a couple bones and I'm <laughs> a couple bones. You'll make it happen. I'm gonna convince five other members of city council to, hey, yo. Let this dude get his contract there. Oh, we don't want to give it to him. Why not? 
or would you would you give tests of this? Would you give tests of that? And that's how it works. Let me tell you something real quick before you go, Rob. Rob, can you listen for a second, please, brother? Listen. It doesn't work like that, man. It works like you get people to make moves in government when you're funding them. Until you have the capital to fund them, it doesn't matter how many seats you got. Hey, let's take a look at uh, Minnesota. Minnesota has been, um, you know, somewhat of a blue state forever. Did we get what we want out of Minnesota? All we get is killed out of Minnesota. That's just one example. But the fact of the matter is, I've worked in politics and I've worked in business, and I've seen how it works from the inside. If you don't have money, it doesn't matter how many seats you have. But, but uh, you know, I, I, I agree with you, but it's also the mindset of not everybody has the, 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 the mindset to invest in their community. These dudes are just trying to make their bones and get out. That's why. That, yo, what are we talking about? about? All right. And, and yo, get yo, out. Yo, we right, talking about Bob Johnson that used to, they used to, to be. Or to another platform, good brother, because uh, we got we to gotta roll. It's on, you know, it's past seven. We got to right. roll, bro. All right, All man. We'll let you next yeah, week, bro. Yeah. Peace. I'm lost. All right, so um, Jim, Rob, Rob, turn us to a political debate show. <laughs> so we're talking about wide receivers and offensive linemen. Next thing I know, we're talking about gentrification. Yo, yo, city, city council. All right, so um, city council, yo, we're from Freddie yeah, City Council. Let us know what happened, Jim, this week while everybody was on the ground. Everybody was in yeah, that's almost as wild. city council meeting. That's, that's almost as wild as that's almost as wild as going from fourth and twenty six to the war in Kuwait. But anyway, man. <laughs> <Word>. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, why you yo if you if y'all ain't catch that, shame on you, yo. But that mm-hmm. being said, why you on the grind is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. The bottom line is this. If you need a website. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you want to go like, you know, get free com or something like that. Here's what you do. <laughs> You go to digitalextremetech.com and tell them you heard it here on War Room Sports or you call 267-205-4203. Tell them you heard it here in the War Room and get a discount. You know what I'm saying? This is what happened while you were on the grind. It'd be awesome. I don't know if you heard, but they said in Jamaica AR after 45 years. So, you know what I mean? I think that's the safe to say. Uh, no, not the homie Abdul West. No, Dude. we might not see no more Vlad. We may never see a Vlad interview again. But I'm anyway, about to say, like, um, like B, like ARF goes on YouTube and tells you exactly where the bodies are buried. Like, you surprised? <laughs> like, he the biggest, he the biggest snitch, but he snitches in the guise of being a tough guy. I, yeah, I shot him. Like, yo, dumbass, you telling on yourself? Like, what is wrong with dude? Should have got more. But anyway, yo, listen, yo, dumb years. Yo. All right, hold up, man. So charges charges to be filed against Aaron Donald after he allegedly assaulted a man outside of a Pittsburgh nightclub. Couple things. Yeah. Didn't, yeah, I've been to Pittsburgh. I didn't didn't feel like the type of city that had nightclubs. That's one. Two. I listen. I ain't saying I ain't saying he did it, but I saw a boy's face and he did that shit. I'm just saying, like if that had yeah. he ran into Aaron Donald or Mike Tyson, one of the other. You look at dude face and you just think to yourself, well, Aaron Donald just doing what he does on the field, off the field, being violent, yeah. like just committing he acts might be the of violence. Sports, bro. He, no, he, he might beat be the, the trash out of this dude. Dude look real upset in this picture. I mean, I'd be mad too if my face was like that. He looked like he beat the sh- Nike. Boy has six eyeballs. Boy had like six eyeballs. Bro. <laughs> 
he had he had lumps all in his face. I'm like, yo, yo. So here's the here's the the story though. They just said um, the dude, his name is the attorney that's filing the charge. His name is Todd Hollis. He said the alleged altercation began inside the nightclub when when his client Spriggs um, accidentally bumped into Donald. So they said per TMZ, Hollis alleged that Donald got aggressive with his client outside of the club after both men were asked to leave. And Aaron Donald showed bull with that NFL D tackle life is all about. And like Jimmy said, now he got six eyeballs, a broken eye socket. Whooped his ass. (laughs) Why is Aaron Donald in a club in Pittsburgh in the middle of a pandemic? Well, that's where he's from, first of all. But other than that, I can't answer the rest of that. Just stupid. All right, that, I got you. All right, so that makes sense. So I, I didn't know he was from there because I was about to say that's like mad random. If he wasn't from there, that would be like the most random thing. Yeah. That's yeah. no that's you really no excuse because even, even if you're from Pittsburgh, you shouldn't be in Pittsburgh. There's no reason to be in Pittsburgh. <laughs> if you got out. If you got out, there's no reason. Okay, Joe Kim Noah. Yo, Pittsburgh, <laughs> Pittsburgh, is one of them, Pittsburgh is one of them places where it's like, yo, I know I'm from Philly, and it's not the best of places to be from, but damn, we sign from Pittsburgh. Shout out to my family in Pittsburgh, man. I got a lot of family in Pittsburgh. I mean, they went there for, for, for jobs and whatnot, but it is what it is. Man. Jim call them flyover places. Be saying on you fly over it. Divert your, your route and go around that, Jim. <laughs> I just know that um, Aaron Donald might be the scariest season in sports, and the way he um, – as I told you, he just commits random acts of violence on the field. He don't yeah. even, like, play football. If y'all don't know about but, this story, please Google it and just look at the picture of dude looking real yo, mad with his eye face. closed. Just Google dude's face, yo. He looked like he Google dragged him face. on the ground, too. He got, like, scabs around his eyeballs. Sam, he got stitches in his eyeballs. How do you get stitches in your eyeballs? <sighs> and he's holding his eye socket together. Like, Aaron Donald beat him. <laughs> he beat the brakes off his dude. Allegedly. Allegedly. You. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Because Aaron you know, Donald might. Aaron Donald might like when I click, he, he might deny these charges. So Yo, you know how like when there's always an altercation you always see someone's face, he's like, Meh, not this one. Yo boys, in the so article like, before the before the photo comes up it says warning, image contains graphic content. That's how bad he beat dude. <laughs> That's how bad he beat dude. Yo, yo Yo, you beat somebody so bad they gotta get a graphic warning, yo. Yo, the picture Allegedly. in the article Allegedly. rated R because you whooped his ass that bad. Damn. Yo, yo what else happened? Anyway, man, shout to Aaron Donald. Man, shout to Aaron Donald. Shout to Aaron Donald. No one, no stuff. And his yeah, hand um, game. Former, yo, I know. How about that? Former Negro League Stadium, right, is in Patterson, is uh, being restored to its former glory. Um, What are they going to do with it, though? That, that was my question as well, Jim. Like, all right, because this is this – is, um, Hindcliffe Stadium, like Jimmy said, in Patterson, New Jersey. It's been lying vacant for, for just 24 years, but it's an 89-year-old stadium, and, and it was home to um, some old Negro League games where the New York Black Yankees and the New York Cubans played. Um, they said it was the site Yo. of the 1933 Negro League World Series called the Color Championship of the Nation. You know, they were so disrespectful. Back. It was rare. Man. Patterson Eastside and Patterson Central High Schools played in the annual hey, Thanksgiving Day game. So, and it's the home of Patterson hero Larry Doby. So this is all the stuff, you know, all the famous things that went on at this particular park. But what I didn't get out of the story is, okay, once you 
revamp it? Like, what are you going to do with it then? Like, by that side, we'll stand well, Jim, Remember that dude? Boy, remember Boy that we talked about in, on the grind a couple of weeks ago? He he was making a Negro League, wasn't he? He was bringing the Negro yeah, League back. So, man, they don't make that. If they don't go ahead and make that condos, man, FOH. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, salute to them for doing that. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. You can make it the Price, black condo, the Negro League condominium. Probably not as high as some best use, but it's okay. It's okay Larry Doby Estate. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We, we, we live in America, man. How about this story here? A black high school football player was forced in a locker filled with banana peels. I mean, at this point, it is what it is because I actually read that the dude who was forced to, you know, who was forced into this locker. I mean, you heard his white football teammates saying, if you don't get in this locker, we're going to break both of your knees. But he actually kind of defended them. Um, And at the end of the day, his quote was, I understand everyone wants justice for me and they want what they think is right to be done, but I already made my feelings known to the police and my friends about how I feel about everything. I love the football team I'm on, and they're good guys. I know that personally, I talked to the people involved individually, and they apologized. We had a heartfelt talk about it, and I told them how I felt, so please don't harass, bully, or threaten them at all. Lastly, I want to get my life back together and my student-athlete life back on track, so if you do everything what about black on black crime? Yo, why do we always have to be the turn the other cheek people? Why do we have to defend the people that disrespect us to no end? I don't get it. I don't get it. I would have been, I, man, this for me, it would have been a call, yo, bully these bulls. Yo, clap at them if y'all see them. Every time I see him in the hallway, it's going to be hands. F this football team. I'm suing this school. It ain't going to be no football program. And my, yo, yo, we always got to be the turn the other cheek people. I'm tired of us. What he basically, what he basically <laughs> said was like this. I'm very proud to be African-American. <laughs> but I'm also very proud that my wife is white. <laughs> very proud yeah. that my teammates are white. And they stuffed me in a locker with banana peels and... You know, tried to treat me like I was Curious George. I'm very proud of that. But honestly, honestly, to me, you sound scared. Like, you sound scared. Like, I got to be around these dudes. Like, y'all don't. And I don't got to be around them. So, you sound scared to me. But at this point, you know it's saying? a like, national story. It's a public story. Like, how how brolic and brazen are these dudes going to be when the microscope is on them now? Like, you know what I mean? Man, white white people white people are listen. Yeah, yo, I mean, yo, white white audacity just, is a thing. The, white audacity so the is a thing. Bullied, the border just bullied the kid in Virginia, and you know the uh, the the the, the uh, guy in the military who bullied the kid in Virginia, and you know they went and protested in front of his house, and he got arrested. His wife recorded it and uploaded it. Right, we like, can do this. We can profile yeah, this, this kid. What we do. Push him around just yeah. because he's walking on our sidewalk. <laughs> he could possibly like, live around the corner, but he's walking in front of my White House, and we're going to put it on. It. It's, white audacity is a thing. It's definitely a thing. Man, listen, man. I'm mouthing off listen, them dudes, man. I'm mouthing off right y'all now. Ain't even been baiting. Y'all ain't even been baiting that long for y'all to be the way y'all are. Anyway, um, 
Give me shout to the Moors for teaching y'all how to be- – no, man, let me stop talking about history, man. Listen, um, a woman, she sues Evansville after allegedly being sexually assaulted by former men's basketball coach Walter McCarty. Oh, from- wow. <laughs> Jimmy didn't even mention he played in the NBA. He just said Kentucky. Cause that's, the only time. that's the last time he was that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was a former student at the at the university. Said she was sexually assaulted by this boy, um, and that the school failed to provide a safe environment. Title Title Nine lawsuit was filed on Monday. Um, they, she did, they didn't use her name. She's being identified as Jane Doe and described as a former athletic trainer at Evansville. So y'all know, you know, y'all been in college and been around the athletic programs usually they have students who are studying to be athletic trainers being like the managers and trainers on these teams so walter mccarty took that you know personally as michael jordan would say um (laughs) (laughs) they said uh he sent her inappropriate messages on social media and via text she said that led to him pressuring her to visit his home where he allegedly assaulted her on December 9th, 2019. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to do the victim blaming thing here, but I'm, I'm just wondering what he did to quote unquote pressure you to visit his home. Like if you felt like it was pressure and you felt it was inappropriate and you didn't want it to go down that way, like, don't succumb to that pressure. But at the same time, I do understand he was the head coach of the basketball team. So maybe some of her hopes and dreams relied on recommendations from him or or whatever. So, you know, you can kind of see both sides of this because a lot of people are lured by pressure when it comes to their future and their career. So I'm assuming it was, you know, her pressure came from something like that, but he was fired. He not even, and it wasn't because of this. He was fired because he was trash as a coach. So he's got to deal with this, and he's not even the coach of the, uh, at that university no more. So, damn, Walt. Damn. It was all good. Damn, homie. 20 years ago at Kentucky. College, you was a man, homie. Right, right, right. We're going to skip your NBA career. Damn, homie. Right. You. Anyway, man. Those are the oh, stories that happened this past week while you were on the Grizz Nye. Before we get out of here, Dad, what happened in this date in sports history? Yes, sir. This date in sports history brought to you by Sports the Book, the greatest sports book ever written. If you don't have a copy, if you haven't read it, go to sportsthebook.com or go to warroomsports.com. Get you a copy. Read it. Um, written by War Room Sports' own Jimmy the Blueprint. Get there. Do that. All right. This date in sports history on April 15th, 1997, Major League Baseball honors Jackie Robinson by retiring the number 42 for all teams. They did this because on April 15th, 1947, as we all know, Jackie Robinson became the first African-American to play in U.S. Major League Baseball for the Brooklyn Dodgers at the time. So we like to give this moment, and of course, we'd like to give Jackie Robinson a war room salute for this historical moment. Without him, it wouldn't be a moment. So, uh, shout out to him, man. Let's get up out here. Yes, sir. It's time to get up out here, man. But as always, man, we got to say thank you to everybody that supports us 
all of the brothers and sisters who join us every week. You know what I'm saying? For these briefings in the world, we just want to say thank you. We definitely appreciate you. But here's what we need you to do. Check out everything we have in our archived episodes, our webcasts, um, social media links, my book, Sports the Book. Everything can be found at the hub of warroomsports.com. Please check it out and share that. It's war. Or how we always say. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Shut up, boy. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance, and we'll see you jump on top. Shout out to old heads for that one. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.